Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show. And hey, we're already at episode nine, so thanks for sticking with me so far. We've got some exciting news to get to today. Hey, if you're on YouTube, please go down below, subscribe, comment what you thought about this podcast, and like so that we can continue to get this content going. As always, this episode of the Josh Carr Show is sponsored by Gulag America. More from them in just one second. Today, we'll be talking about the affirmative action case that the Supreme Court came out with just yesterday, as well as what's going on in the United States and maybe some comparisons that I'm going to make uh, with the United States to Russia uh, back during the Cold War. Really quick, guys, I apologize. I do have a sore, like a kind of a sore throat. It's a little dry, luckily, but hey, this is not a sponsorship, but I do have my Leftist Tears Tumblr. Thank you to the Daily Wire. It is keeping me... uh, it is keeping me hydrated during this uh, this time of sore and dryness. So bear with me if I have to take a couple sips during this podcast today. But really quick, before we get into the news, I want to talk about Gulag America. Now, it is a tradition in the United States to get gifts for those that you love on their birthday. But what about America's birthday? This 4th of July, I have partnered up with Gulag America, the perfect 4th of July present for your friends and family. Gulag America is an apparel company with high-quality clothing and designs for the best patriots. Gulag America features clothing with classic sayings such as, Don't tread on me, as well as some of my personal favorites, which are uh, I identify as like a father, husband, or also there's one that says I identify as a 9mm gun. Very awesome. I'm going to be donning that uh, shirt specifically here in a couple days. Um but I'm very excited to be partnered with them. Right now, if you use my code JoshCar10, you will get 10% off at gulagamerica.com. It is the perfect 4th of July gift. Again, that is JoshCar10 at gulagamerica.com for great clothing, great quality, great designs. All right. We will get back to Gulag America a little bit later in the podcast, but I want to talk about the affirmative action case that just happened with Supreme Court. Dry sip, one sec. Okay, those leftist tears taste so good. Um, We had a huge conservative win today, if you didn't hear. It was awesome. The Supreme Court came out in a 6-3 ruling and a 6-2 ruling. So there were two cases, but they went hand-in-hand against South Carolina, or I believe uh, the University of South Carolina, and Harvard. Now, it was 6-3 against South Carolina, 6-2 versus Harvard. Now, you might be saying, what? 6-2, that only adds up to 8, and we have 9 Supreme Court justices. Katanji Brown Jackson, if you remember, she was the black woman that is now a Supreme Court justice only because she's a black woman. She went to Harvard, um, and because this case was with Harvard, she basically abstained from voting just because of ethical, um, just being ethical and not, you know, and obviously having a personal tie to uh, someone in the case. So she didn't vote in that one. Wouldn't have mattered even if she had been because it was 6-3 in uh, the case of South Carolina. what the Supreme Court basically decided was that affirmative action is not not legal in the United States. It's not okay. Um, This was voted across uh, ideological lines, not partisan lines. The Supreme Court justices, if you didn't know, they don't technically come out in support of parties, though um, they are ideological and they are put into place by the U.S. president, who is usually a part of a party. So uh, the six Conservative judges were all put in place by Republican presidents, and then the three liberal judges were put in by Democrat presidents. Um, If you didn't know what 
uh, affirmative action is. Essentially, what affirmative action does is say I'm, so say I'm a black guy named James, and I'm James, I'm going to go and uh, apply for Harvard. They are going to ask me, what race am I? I'm going to put black, and they will take into account my race because they're trying to be equitable in the admissions process. Uh, now, what people found in this case and in others is that, especially for Harvard, uh, but in really all colleges around the nation, uh, there were Asians and white people that were being discriminated against because of their privilege. I put, for those who are listening, I put quotations around the word privilege um, because historically white people and Asians have a better chance of getting into college. Um, and there are a lot of reasons for that. And we're not going to talk about those today, but they vary from uh, different cultural differences, mostly to test scores, extracurriculars, etc. But affirmative action was struck down in the Supreme Court, basically making it illegal to consider race when admitting someone to a college. And this is a really big win, I think, as conservatives, as people who believe in meritocracy, which is the basically the, it's the basic belief that you are that the content of your character is more important than your skin color. And uh, we'll talk about that in just in a second. But like it, I guess like what what's interesting about it is this used to be a liberal issue, right? Like Martin Luther King Jr. literally said those words that I just said. He had a dream that people would be judged on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And that's really interesting that people on the left, like they've completely forgotten that and they completely denounced that, which is fascinating since MLK Jr. was, you know, someone that they, I mean, they still praise him, but uh, obviously don't believe in all the things that he stood for. Um, but the left has fallen so far away from him. And now it's conservatives who are trying to get back to that meritocracy uh, approach, especially in college admissions. So now it will be illegal to consider skin color. We'll see how easy it is to uh, kind of bring that into effect and enforce that. But hopefully what we'll see is that people will for the most part, be um, getting into good colleges because they had good grades and they had uh, good extracurriculars and they wrote good essays, as um, people should. Makes sense. A side note about this, something really interesting. It literally just broke in the news. Apparently, there was a suspicious package left by the Supreme Court and police are investigating it. So obviously, whenever something big like this comes out, something that's uh, connected to social politics, Generally speaking, there's going to be some sort of backlash. Yeah, I mean, we know what happened with Roe v. Wade uh, when that was overturned. That was crazy in the Dobbs decision. But even with this one, since there's a racial component, there's going to be a lot of upset people, obviously a lot of happy people as well. But that suspicious package, people are kind of speculating that it might be an explosive device. So hopefully, I mean, everything will be safe. They've kind of quarantined that zone off so that people can't... Um, be in the area. The Supreme Court justices aren't there, even though they're interim right now. Um, but I want to talk really quick about some of the reactions to this. I'm going to take one more sip real quick. Some reactions to this. Um, I want to talk about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez first. So she tweeted, she said, um, if the Supreme Court is serious about their ludicrous colorblindness claims, they would have abolished legacy admissions, aka affirmative action for the privilege. Now, what she's referring to right there is the fact that people can get into uh, prestigious colleges by having parents who donate a lot of money to that specific college. She goes on to say, this is according to NBC, by the way, 70% of Harvard's legacy applicants are white. SCOTUS, or the Supreme Court of the United States, didn't touch that, which would have impacted them and their patrons. 
to be honest, I actually don't disagree with AOC on this. Like I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that, um, like I don't really believe that people should get into college for paying the college tons of money either. Like, I think that if people want to be philanthropic towards that college because they went there themselves and they want to pay it forward, I think that's awesome. But with the expectation that their kid is going to get into the college, I'm not, it's not like some like evil moral justice or something that I think that should even be illegal. I just think it's like lame. Like, I don't know why you would teach your kids to basically like if they're going to go to college, it's essentially them stepping outside of their home, right? They're, they're going on their own. Um, they're trying to learn, start a career, get education so they can start a career. I don't know why you'd start that off by giving them a handout such as getting into Harvard, not because you worked really hard for it, um, but just because they paid them a ton of money. And me as someone who is currently uh, in college, I got into my college of my own merit. Um, I have scholarships for it. And it gives me a lot of self-worth as well as motivation to do well in college because no one gave it to me. Like, I, I'm very blessed. I'm not saying I'm entitled to this college in any way, shape, or form, but my parents uh, have donated money to this college and it had nothing to do with me getting into it. I know that for a fact, uh, as well as the scholarships given are simply based off of merit uh, from the university and have nothing to do with my skin color, as well as what my parents have contributed to the college. So, uh, I, it's given me a fantastic self-worth and ownership over my education. And so I don't know why parents would rob their kids of that. So I kind of agree with AOC on that. I don't know about making it illegal, but, uh, just as like a social choice, I mean, yeah, go for it. Another cool tweet that came out was DeSantis. DeSantis kind of called out Trump and I like it when DeSantis calls out Trump. Like everyone knows here, I'm not a Trump guy. Uh, and I'm in just a second, I'm going to defend Trump. So before you're like, eh, he's not a Trump guy. I try to be fair, okay? I like Trump on some things. But anyway, DeSantis called out Trump. I like this because I like it when DeSantis kind of gets in it. Like, he he starts fighting a little more. Sometimes he's a little uh, he's a little lackluster, excuse me. And so hearing him really go at something, it kind of excites me. I'm not going to lie. So DeSantis called out Trump for changing on affirmative action. This happens with Trump a lot. I just want to point that out. I'm going to read a tweet that he came, that he said while he was president. He said, uh, quote, I'm fine with affirmative action. This is according to NBC again, noting we've lived with it for a long time. I have lived with it for a long time. So Trump basically says it's fine. Like we've lived it for it for a long time. He personally said, I'm fine with affirmative action. Then today, Trump came out and praised the affirmative action case that it got shut down. So we see Trump has kind of switched on this and DeSantis called him out on it. He basically said like, yo, Trump, like, why'd you change your opinion on this? And uh, I'm not saying it's like a reason to not vote for Trump, but I appreciated that DeSantis called him out for it. And a reminder to everyone, Trump does this with a lot of things. Like he kind of is wishy-washy on a lot of things. Like we consider Trump to be the leader of the Republican Party, which is a conservative party. And it is for sure. But Trump is really not a diehard conservative by any means. Like this is a guy who had pride merch. Like he had pride MAGA hats. He had a pride flag at one of his rallies. Um, he liked affirmative action. He was in bed with Big Pharma during COVID. Like there are a lot of things that diehard concern. Like it's kind of ironic. A lot of people who really love Trump are also really anti-vax and really anti-pride, really anti-affirmative action, as they should be. But it's interesting because Trump, to be honest, has been kind of wishy-washy on all three of those subjects. So I, I just think that's an important thing to consider and kind of interesting in moving forward to the 2024 election and uh, just considering who Trump really is. Because sometimes we get lost 
in the charisma and the stage performance that Trump puts on. And it's really great. But just remembering where, like, where do his ideology really lie? Where are his allegiances? And is he kind of just switching around to see what sticks? Um, here's my take on this, though, the Supreme Court. This is a huge win for conservatives. Just the idea that someone would get to do something because of their race is disgusting to me. Like, I'm not advocating for colorblindness. I think it's awesome to identify our individual cultures and strengths. And inherent in ethnicity is culture. But the race itself, like the color of your skin, I just don't really care. Like, I'm sorry. I don't understand why you having darker skin or not even darker, but just a different hue of your skin suddenly gives you the right to go to a college that someone else doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. You can't really make any argument for immigrants having priority because Asian immigrants do really well. Another people, another group of people we don't talk about is Nigerian immigrants. They do fantastic in college and in admissions. And so I don't really understand how you can justify people being able to use their skin color as a mechanism to get ahead in society. I think that's something that's just really gross. We need to get rid of that. That was kind of the whole point of the civil rights era. Uh, well, that was a perceived you know, point of the civil rights era. And of course it's swung the other way, but I believe this is a big win. Uh, the Supreme Court is like on fire this term. It's awesome. This 6-3 thing is awesome. Another reminder for my other podcast, I talked about this. This is why presidents matter so much. The only thing that should matter to you when you are considering the candidate uh, like in a primary to take on the other um, political party is who's, who has the best chance of beating them. Because not only are they going to rule and govern for four years, maybe eight years, they're going to be choosing judges, not just Supreme Court judges, but all judges, but Supreme Court judges especially. And so if we had not been able to get a Republican, Donald Trump, in office 2016 to 2020, we would not have seen this case happen. We would not have seen the Dobbs case. Some of the biggest influences in our politics, much more than the legislature, like way more, if you think about it. Like what, what has the Republican Congress done for us? Not that much. What has the Republican Senate done? Hardly anything. What has uh, a conservative Supreme Court done? Tons, tons. And so that's something important. Uh, speaking of the Supreme Court being on fire, just to name a few, these are the other cases that they've settled. Uh, in this term alone. And they've got some other important things coming up. Uh, but one of them was on religious rights. It was Groff versus DeJoy. Uh, according to NBC, uh, the court made it easier for employees to seek religious accommodations in a case involving a Christian mail carrier who asked not to work on Sundays. So essentially, this enshrined uh, or reaffirmed re, uh, from the Constitution that employers should make specific uh, accommodations for employees who have religious uh, preferences, such as if you celebrate Shabbat or the Lord's Day or Sabbath, uh, which was in uh, this case. And that was 9-0. So kudos to the liberal judges who upheld religious freedom. I think that's a really good sign. The other thing that was really important that really kind of got some big, a lot of backlash from conservatives was on elections. It was Moore versus Harper the justices turned, again, this is according to NBC, the justices turned away a bid to curb state court authority over election laws. Basically, they made it so election laws, even on the state level, is still a federally um, kind of overseen thing. 
And so there are a lot of people really upset about this. I haven't really thought enough about it to give you my honest opinion. I will say this though, the court rules on what is and not what should be. If you're talking about what should be, then what you're going to have to do is go to Congress, have them pass laws, maybe even amend the constitution. The judges and the justices are only there to interpret the constitution uh, correctly. And so if you have a problem, again, this is why I need to kind of delve into it sooner. There's kind of two um, opinions that you can have. You can have the opinion that the justices got it wrong about the constitution, or you can have the opinion the justices got it right on the constitution, but we need to change the constitution. And that's fine as well. But I just think it's important to really differentiate those two things because they're very different. Um, and you know, they, that, that's really going to decide, uh, what you're advocating for rather than just simply saying you're upset for it. Um, the last thing I want to say on affirmative action is I'm glad it's over because not only is this going to make it more, um, equal and fair for white and Asian Americans to get into college, but this is going to do a great service to those people who are being benefited again, I say in quotes, uh, by affirmative action, such as Hispanics or uh, African Americans. For me, again, if I want to have self-worth, why would I want to know the only reason that I got into college was because my parents paid a lot of money, or in the case of affirmative action, because I'm black or I'm Hispanic? That doesn't do great for my self-worth because I didn't get to choose my skin color, but I do get to choose how hard I work I get to choose how um, how diligent I am in going for sp- specific colleges, how uh, much I focus on certain things, how strategic I am with my life. Those things I do get to decide. And so if I get into a college knowing that on my merit I got in, I'm going to feel really great about myself and feel very encouraged and ready to go to make a contribution to society, as well as to give back like many have for those great institutions. But if I got in because, and I knew that I, it was because I was black or Hispanic, that would be insulting to me. Not only would it be insulting to me, but it's not good for the market and not good for those people. If, if today, for instance, <clears throat> I said something really untrue uh, about Joe Biden and he sued me for defamation. I don't know why he would do that, but maybe he would. Um, I don't want, I want the best lawyer possible because I mean, I've got Joe Biden coming at me. If I've got Joe Biden coming at me, he's coming at me with a huge team of lawyers. I'm going to want the best of the best. So I'm going to go maybe to some Harvard grads. Harvard's a great law school. And I want the very best. What I don't want is to have to think to myself when I have uh, two black lawyers helping me, uh, did these guys get into law school because they are black or because they were the best? I don't want those thoughts coming in my head. If I saw a black guy in the street who was a lawyer, I would think, awesome, he probably does a good job. I don't know what I, why in my like why why affirmative action is there to make people succeed if it only causes the perception that they are only there because of their skin color. I want the best of the best. And I don't want to I don't care about their skin color. I just want the best lawyer to defend me. Um anywho, that is enough about affirmative action. Really quick, I want to talk about my other partner on this video. That's right. It's ground news. Now, if you've heard the news talking about affirmative action and they kind of talk about it in a good light, that's probably because they've got some serious biases. And look, I have biases too. That's why I have ground news to help me. Ground news is a website 
a service that compiles all the information and news together, gives you a bias rating, tells you all about that specific company, about that author, so that you can make the best decision possible about interpreting the truth through the news. As I've said before, objective journalism is dead. That's why I've partnered with Ground News, so they can help us decipher those things. If you go to the link in the description below, you will get 15% off of Ground News. And remember, as I've said before, a subscription's like one buck. Give it a shot. Try it for a month. See if you like it. If you like it a lot, maybe you'll get it for two months and you'll keep that 15% discount. So give it a shot. I use it for all my videos. It is awesome. Again, go to the link in the description for 15% off. I want to talk about something a little bit more general to finish off the podcast today. And it's in connection with my partner, Gulag America. Um, after talking about some good news with affirmative action, I do want to talk about something that concerns me. Um, and I'll, I'll start it with this. A lot of people don't know what a gulag is. Like, think for yourself, like, what is a gulag? Um, its purpose was initially in Russia during the Cold War to essentially isolate the opposition. It was a, a labor camp, a slave labor camp. They would usually put it in like Siberia. You've probably seen it in movies or TV shows. But think to yourself, what kind of gulags do we have right now in America? Does that sound familiar? Like isolating political rivals so that you can cut them off? Cancel culture? That's the one that comes to my mind. When I partnered with Gulag America, I asked why their company was named Gulag America. I was kind of curious. It's a little bit of like a, uh, I guess like a shocking name, you could say. And here's what they said that I thought was really interesting. They said, Gulag America is our warning, not our wish. I kind of thought about that for a second. And I realized like we haven't hit that point yet physically, but we've reached the point where having gulags in America is a serious possibility, especially when you think in metaphysical gulags, thinking about the way that the left is weaponizing speech, <clears throat> how they're weaponizing Hollywood, technology. Something that frustrates me is how Democrats especially, they run on democracy, but in reality, they're using these norms to actually shut down democracy. There, one instance that comes to my mind that's, that I'm very passionate about is we hear them call to extend the Supreme Court even larger. They call to incarcerate a former president who is running for president. Now, again, I'm not a Trump supporter. I like Trump on some things, but you've got to understand Trump would be one of my last picks. I, just full transparency. He's not, he's not my last choice. But when you have a party coming out and saying, in order to maintain democracy, we must incarcerate the opposition, that really sends off sirens in my brain. And I hope it, I really hope everyone gets really amped up by that. Those are the gulags that I'm talking about imprisoning the opposition during an election. <clears throat> Another example that's really sketchy, you're, you're seeing right now Joe Biden and Democrats are sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. And honestly, I'm going to include Republicans in that. Republicans have not done much better. Like they really have not advocated to take, I mean, there's been a few, but the majority is advocating to send billions of dollars to Ukraine. As a reminder, Ukraine until basically until Russia invaded it, was never, like, it was always considered a corrupt country. 
<clears throat> for those of you who didn't hear, President Zelensky in Ukraine has just postponed their elections. They're supposed to have democratic elections to choose their president. <clears throat> he has just postponed them because martial law is still in effect. And here's the deal. In their constitution, if martial law is in effect, they don't have to have election. So it is within their constitution. But when you're sending billions of dollars to a leader and he does not step down, he does not hold an election, that is really scary. And I'd be really surprised if Democrats right now are surprised that that's happening, especially when considering that Joe Biden, the leader of the Democrat Party, had a son, Hunter Biden, who had business dealings in Ukraine a few years ago. There is deep state going on. There's a lot of collusion within social media. <clears throat> this is just another example of a, a, a what I would consider a gulag in America. The biggest example was with Twitter before Elon bought it. Sorry, I apologize. My throat is so dry. Um, for those of you who, have, who haven't heard the story, this is one of the craziest, what I would consider gulags in America recently of trying to shut down the opposition and bolster up artificially uh, their, their man. Uh, the FBI essentially reached out to Twitter before the 2024, or excuse me, the 2020 election. And they said, hey, just so you know, you might see some disinformation about Joe Biden. So if you see anything that resembles disinformation, shut it down. The FBI reached out to Twitter. They said, okay, we'll do it. <clears throat> the Hunter Biden laptop story came out. It was broke by the New York Post. It was real and Twitter censored it because of the FBI. That is sketchy stuff. And then not until after the 2020 election did we find out that these things were really true. Just another example, the DOJ chose to not release that, um, that Biden, and I believe the National Archives as well, chose to not talk about Biden and his unclassified documents until after the 2022 midterms. Think about what that means. Think about what that means in relation to Trump and what he's done and uh, <clears throat> in gulags in America shutting down the opposition. Myself and gulagamerica.com do not want this to happen. This is the point of the podcast. This is why our partnership exists. This is the warning, not the wish. My hope for everyone is that you will share this podcast with uh, your friends and family so that we can weed this out. The best way to attack this head on is to have it be out in the open. Luckily, there are brave people who are disseminating this information. They're doing the real work, which is the investigative journalism. I'm simply talking about it. But talk about it. Talk about it with your friends. Share. A lot of people just don't know about it. That way we can overcome these metaphysical gulags until they become very, very real. Again, Go and support my friends over at gulagamerica.com. Uh, they are founded by veterans. They're awesome guys. Uh, they make great shirts. And we, me and them, are committed to shutting down gulags in America. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. This does conclude this episode of The Josh Carr Show. Remember, go to the link in the description below. Check out Ground News. Get 10% off at Gulag America. Buy a sweet shirt for your buddy. <clears throat> maybe your husband, your wife, uh, for the 4th of July or after. They are really great shirts. I'm going to be wearing one next show, as well as subscribe if you haven't already. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you're on podcasts, subscribe. I want to make sure that you're able to see the podcast when it comes out every day. That's the only way that I can ensure that that happens. Thanks, guys.